Welcome to the Getting Uncomfortable Podcast, starting a war on comfort zones and the havoc that they wreak. I am Tara Christine, your host. Let's dive in, shall we? Hello and good day, listener. I am back today, as promised, with part two of Mama at 17, 21 years later. And if you haven't yet listened to part one, I talked about my difficulties as a teenager uh, with fitting in, with being teased a lot, and I was really admittedly going through a very awkward stage um, and didn't quite know how to deal with it. I withdrew quite a bit and had a hard time making friends or fitting in anywhere and having confidence. And so I struggled. Um, and the couple friends that I did meet, uh, I met other people through, and I did end up <clears throat> pregnant at 17. I talked about what it was like to find out and to have to tell my family and a little bit about my acceptance of it as far as becoming very devoted to taking care of myself and sacrificing whatever for that baby's best interest. But what I didn't touch on, because I didn't want to get too sidetracked, and honestly, it is barely even a thought in my mind at this point in time, was the fact that I have to admit, at barely 17 years old, when I found out that I was going to be a mom, my initial reaction was that I had to get an abortion. It was the first thing that I thought in my mind, because... There's absolutely no way that this can happen. It, it obviously is going to take a while for it to sink in, but the initial blow of what this could mean and, you know, of course, all the negativity that, that it, it comes with it or that it would, would bring is, is what we instantly go to and just think, oh my gosh, easy way out. And... Uh, <laughs> Again, at 17 years old, my priority at the time, since I was just starting to make some friends and have some peers, and we were planning for this senior trip to Cancun the following spring, which now I'm realizing I won't be able to attend because I'm going to have a newborn. And I didn't know how to reconcile with that because my dreams were so close a vacation with other people my age and the sun and we're gonna have fun and that was literally something so important to me at that time I couldn't see beyond it and for a brief instant I thought I can't have this baby no way that did not last that thought absolutely did not last because as soon as the initial shock kind of wears off and you start thinking realistically, or at least I, when once I started thinking realistically about it, because no, not everyone is like me. I'm sure obviously a lot of people stick with that decision and go through with having abortions. That is not my way. So I obviously uh, did not. I realized very quickly that this was um, big picture, something that I wanted and needed to embrace and was actually totally part of my purpose because like I said, I fell into the role quite naturally and fell in love with it. 
So I wanted to make sure and touch on that point because it wasn't without some confusion and being a little bit all over the place and having to sort through my feelings at the time and the maturity level that I was at. I mean, to be honest with you, as a youngster, I was fairly sheltered. My parents, you know, moved us to a completely new place full of completely new people. And even though it was a safer community, you know, they didn't want me riding around, riding the roads and being out and about and gone. Once I was getting to be, you know, 15, 16 years old and friends were driving, they they were really strict about where I went, who I was with, if I even got to go, and I didn't do a, a whole lot. I can't say it helped that I was so desperate to fit in when we first moved to the area that one of my first friends that I had over, we thought we were really sly and walked across the street to the gas station to buy some orange juice, came back and had um, made a couple screwdrivers with the peach tree up in the cupboard. Totally got busted on that one. I remember getting in trouble for that. And then there was another time, um, and it was in seventh grade, I believe. It was right after we got here. Was it really seventh grade? Yes. It had to have been. There was a group of five of us girls, and one of them brought in her stepfather's prescription for antidepressants, and we all decided to take one at lunch, which somebody overheard, a fellow student, and she ratted us out, and I remember being affected by this medication uh, quite a bit. It, it numbed me, and I went to whatever class I had after lunch and was <laughs> was pretty spaced out and just sitting in my desk and got called to the office and so I along with the other girls that participated in this little thing um, were busted and we ended up being suspended from school for two full weeks which actually at the time took us right into Christmas vacation so I was out for a full month Boy, did my dad work me. I had chores. I definitely, the discipline was was there, and it sucked. Um, you know, but man, I just, I just really wanted friends, and that's all I could think. I, I would go with the crowd, and it did, re it did me no favors. So, you know, I can't blame my parents for not trusting me, and it's, I know it just comes with the age, because here I am now the mom of teenagers and besides my 21 year old adult I have a 17 year old and a 16 year old as well a 17 year old son and a 16 year old daughter which maybe some of you have gathered over social media if you follow me but it's uh, admittedly a very tricky balance of letting them have enough freedom to learn and experience and make memories and enjoy this time of their life but trying to keep them safe and not giving them too much rope to hang themselves with especially these days there are too many opportunities you know it was one thing when I was a kid and you would leave the house and have all that danger lurking but these days 
we don't even need to leave the house and there's so much danger lurking just at our fingertips on our phones or computers or tablets or whatever the case may be like the whole world is at all of our disposal and kids these days are just getting devices and technology at younger and younger ages and although it has its benefits it definitely has its negatives and comes with a price which is a whole different segment that I'll have to hit on sometime but as far as this one goes I also want to discuss what it was like for me to labor and deliver this child having been little more than a child myself I'll tell you that physically my body was not prepared to deliver her this is why, as I spoke in uh, the part one, that after uh, the total labor and delivery was about 30 hours. And after so much time of things not really happening and her not really moving and coming out and then her heart rate was just dropping, they broke that bed down and the doctor suctioned her right out, which she thank God, was completely fine. Sometimes there are effects from that, but she is 100% healthy, beautiful, and perfect. And I tell you, it just, God was definitely with us. So at the time I was a senior in high school, I had first through fourth hour classes, and then I would go next door to our local health center, and I worked back in medical records, and I had a part-time job there through the school-to-work program. They were wonderful to me. They threw me a baby shower. They were very supportive. I learned so much, and I made some pretty decent friends. It was a really good time in my life. And so I get home from school and work on this Monday evening and just knew that I wasn't feeling right. And, and I was, I believe, probably around 8 o'clock. My mom and dad and Tom, my boyfriend at the time, the baby's dad, um, we all loaded up and went to the hospital. And I know that there wasn't a whole lot of activity. Nothing was very exciting that night. Even the next morning... I woke up and it just was pretty slow going. Um, my water hadn't broken. They had to break it for her, for for me, with her. Actually, I believe that they had to break all of my waters with all of my babies. Um, it, it, that didn't happen on its own. My my body did not really do this thing um, successfully. I had to be induced. Uh, which they gave me uh, an IV drip of Pitocin, and that was around noon on the 25th, um, which started the contractions and started the process, and then they broke the water, and they started to get stronger, and then they began to overlap, which was horrible. Yeah, that was horrible. And I did not want an epidural either. I went through this thing without any pain medication because I admittedly was way more afraid of a needle in my back than the needle going in my back um, to get that thing in than I was of however many hours of pain and discomfort I may be facing. So uh, she ended up being born at 9.17 p.m. <laughs> that was a long day with no drugs. 
and um, I, let me just say I did go through all of my labors with all three of my children. I had them all three naturally and all three without any pain medication. So bam, I'm pretty proud to be able to say that um, now. At the time, it's just a, I don't know, it's a beside yourself, all adrenaline, do what you gotta do. I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I do remember asking to die a couple times. It's, it's wild. It's something that I almost wish that I could experience again now as a mature adult because I feel like I would enjoy it. It's, it's interesting. I'm not really sure. So anyway, <laughs> I'm getting sidetracked here. That day just ended up being a very, very long one. And I had my parents, I had my boyfriend and his mom were all there. And when all was said and done, I, man, man, I tried. I really did. They, they had me in all different positions and trying to work this baby out. And she was pretty stubborn and <laughs> that's telling. Staying right put where she was and, and that just was, she had to be forced out. But my whole team of support got to be in the room with me my dad my mom Tom his mom they were recording it, it was all a really amazing experience I can't really even put into words and, and unfortunately I only have so many memories of it because it is so intense but I know that you know once she was out I just remember that I, it was relief and pure elation and as I mentioned in part one also that she did tear her mommy up pretty well being um, suctioned out as she was but again as soon as she was out that didn't even matter and my dad ended up sticking right by me well the doctors and everyone kind of kicked everybody out and they got the baby cleaned up and then it was time to sew me back up and nope, my dad came in and he was right there with me the whole time, held my hand. Just some of the best support ever, I tell ya. I'm so blessed. It's actually a miracle that I have not shed a tear or gotten a little emotional in any of this discussion about my child these last two episodes because I tell ya, my heartstrings, they are very sensitive. And anybody who knows me knows that I'm the first one to well up and <laughs> shed a few tears. Oh, no matter what's going on, it could be happy or sad or it, just anything all across the spectrum. If there's a display of emotion, I guarantee I'm an empath <laughs> and I will just hone in on that and feel it too. So I think that it's an absolute blessing. Every now and again, I think, oh my goodness. But then I really am just happy I'm not on the other end of that and am happy to be able to connect with people on that level. So now all of a sudden I'm a mama and I have this perfect, beautiful little baby and I am just ready to do whatever it takes to give her everything she needs that I have in my power, which honestly wasn't a lot. I've never had a lot to give besides my love and my support and my protection um, as far as anything material goes. You know, I've, I've been on the single parent spectrum always 
and I don't regret that. I don't, I'm never going to apologize for it. Um, I wouldn't have changed it because although having the comfort of knowing my bills were going to be paid would have been nice and, you know, relieved some stress over all the years when it came to, oh great, now here comes Christmas and what am I going to do? And just so many different things. Um, I'm just thankful that we have had as much love in our lives as we have. And I do believe that is a lot because there was lack of money. <laughs> to be honest with you, um, I have been at battle for many years since my divorce, uh, trying to argue the point that just because I don't have a full-time job like my ex-husband and am able to give the kids everything that they want and need doesn't mean that I'm an unstable person or an unstable mom and unable to care for them or raise them into big, loving, kind, sweet adults that function in society and have manners and care about others and will serve and do instead of being self-entitled and absorbed, unfortunately, like a lot of people with money are. And if that's someone's way, that's their way. But I've never appreciated being punished for thinking the opposite. Yet another topic we will be getting uncomfortable talking about in the future, no doubt. As I've admitted many times before, I have made massive mistakes over the years in a lot of things, but one of them was not choosing to be present in my children's lives and be able to spend quality time with them and make all the memories and be the one that actually is raising them and instilling values and morals and all the important things that in the long run are really going to matter rather than being away for so much of the time so that I could be raking in money that, yes, would have made things easier. But I guess that's just not in my spirit. I'm not an easy way out kind of person. I am the type that will face whatever is head on and if it's going to be difficult, then I'll do what it takes. And it's honestly built my creative thinking skills and problem solving skills and ultimately made me so much of a better person in the long run. I have grown in ways that I never could have imagined being who I am today based on where I was even just six or seven years ago. It's astounding to me and I only have my Lord and Savior to thank for that. I was lost. I really felt so alone and misguided, making all the wrong decisions and not truly altering my habits or my behaviors enough to make a legit difference that would spill over into you know, my parenting and, and my children, I, I have definitely made some mistakes. And I can't say that I'm not frustrated that I didn't have a stronger foundation in my faith throughout the younger years of my children's, you know, when they were toddlers, well, even babies. I mean, you know, there's 
so many things that I could have been praying about from the instant they were born. But ultimately, that's all right, because that old adage is true. It's better late than never. And honestly, there has been a covering of protection over me and my family this entire time. I can see it in hindsight, clear as day. All the things that I was experiencing and the adversity and the loss and the frustration and the rock bottoms and every bad decision I made, all the lessons learned, it was all for a very like preordained specific purpose and it has brought me to such a place that I honestly couldn't have designed better myself and that's because I've finally gotten to the point where I am okay with things not being my way and so many of us are chained by the bondage of wanting what we want and feeling what we feel and not compromising at all when the things that we're choosing are not what's best for us and we are misguided and we are not approaching it in the best possible way that is conducive to our well-being we could be so much healthier mind body soul than than we are if we would learn to just let some things go and not feel so compelled to have complete control over absolutely everything in our lives that is something that i have learned through this long and beautiful but difficult journey of motherhood you know I can control a lot I'm the mom right I, I can use that and say oh, I'm the mom that's why but then as they grow up which inevitably they do and it is our job to slowly let them go out into the world to be successful and do exactly what they're meant to do which is make their own mark not be controlled by us it we we really it's a delicate balance and it's tough we want to support um we think we know what's best but it's it's a slow go on figuring out where to um draw that line and pick our battles and let them start figuring it all out for themselves i was forced into it with this first baby of mine when she turned 17 and decided that she was getting out of there and four days after her birthday she moved out and has been gone ever since but as you will hear in part one when you listen to it it was a huge blessing for her uh, for our friendship that has blossomed over these few years and again everything that's gone down that maybe seemed like the end of the world at the moment was really just mountains being moved and things falling apart so that they could come together way better in the long run which is what all of us really should be striving for don't you think we can believe that wherever we are going to be in one year from now is a direct reflection of what we're doing with ourselves in this moment that we're in right now because folks this is the only moment that you're guaranteed next one might not come and if we're not in that mind space and or headspace I should say mindset headspace mind space maybe whatever 
then we need to understand that we're really missing out on right now. Like we're throwing our time away. Don't get stuck in the past and all the things that have happened before or the future. I mean, especially as a parent, that's one of my biggest regrets is how much, even though I was so desperate for good quality time with my children, as much as I was, I know for a fact that I squalored a lot of it in my own just fog of boy drama and money drama or just stress just you know I was 26 when I got a divorce and I had three kids under the uh, they were eight five and four and when I left my husband I had nothing except the clothes on our backs the things that I took with us because I met my husband when I was 18 and moved in with him when I was 19 and had two more children at 21 and 22 and then proceeded to be a stay-at-home mom for four years until we split and therefore I had no checking bank savings accounts of my own everything was in his name maybe my name was on it too at this point I don't even remember but I'm thinking probably not uh, the house we owned a house well I didn't get that I couldn't afford that I didn't have a job I had no credit I had a car I drove a 2003 Grand Prix and so in 2008 when um, I left I had the car sometimes sometimes he didn't want to let me have it and until the divorce was final and that was part of my settlement that I received um, yeah it's it just was all and that's, I guess, some proof right there that uh, even though it's hard, sometimes the right thing needs to be done at all costs. And I know for my own health and sanity and maybe even personal safety in some ways, I definitely needed to get out of that relationship. It was not good for me. And I did what it took. Um... Wow, I, I honestly feel a little bit like an outsider telling somebody else's story when all of these things come up because it, I just see God so much in it now and it's wild. It's wild to think that I got through it in that time, um, just the way that things were for me and now I'm who I am and I'm just I would never change a bit of it but I'm getting off topic as usual because I'm just a gab gab gabbing away and that again is going to have to be another topic that I touch on in getting uncomfortable down the line divorce and leaving with nothing so Thank you for joining me again. If you've made it this far, I am ever grateful for your presence and support. And I invite you to click the link below and share a comment or a question. I would love to connect with you on these topics and more. And I'd like to thank you again for tuning in and hopefully following me for more content and maybe sharing with others you feel could stand to get uncomfortable with us. Until next time.